Welcome to The Space at FMC Podcast, where our aim is to bring topics and guests that help us make mental health more accessible for everyone. I'm your host, Allie McPhail, and each episode, we bring on amazing guests to further the dialogue about how maintaining your mental health is not only possible, but it is imperative to an effective and full life. Each episode, we want to engage your thoughts with approachable and practical guests and topics in the ever-growing area of mental health and wellness. Hi everyone, Allie McPhail here, host of the Space at FMC podcast. In today's episode, we have Dr. Graham Cates. Graham is the Medical Director of Family Medicine Center and Diabetes Education Network. We welcome him here today to discuss his experiences these last few months in dealing with the COVID virus and how he sees it's affecting our mental health. Dr. Graham Cates, how are you? I am wonderful, Ali. How are you today? I'm really, really glad you're on the show today. Um, We've been looking forward to this. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, awesome. Well, I've got so many questions for you. Um, and I think we'll probably have to cut them short because I think you're just a wealth of knowledge. But I wanna, I want to just kind of pick your brain a few times. But first, before we do anything, I'm going to give you a couple options. And you have to tell me, you have to pick one or the other. And you can't do a lot of thinking about it, okay? Okay. Now, I hope you're not setting me up here, Alex. I'm, I'm not setting you up, <laughs> I promise. They're not embarrassing. Okay, you ready? Ready. Okay, vegetarian or meatitarian? Vegetarian. Movie rental or movie theater? Movie theater. Paper and pen or electronic device? Electronic device. And text or call? Call. Interesting. So you chose electronic device, but you still want to call people. I like that. I love to hear the voice of somebody on the other line. I think the electronic world is good, but it's nothing like picking up the phone and speaking with somebody. Mm -hmm. I agree with that because you get so much more emotion from it and so much more intention about what they want. Um, You can't, you don't have to guess as much. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the uh, world of technology can sometimes make things very black and white, white and emotionless. Yes. So yes. Uh, all, that voice, uh, you know, and all of the other features that we have to be able to communicate certainly helps us to stay con- in contact even during this time of COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because you and I aren't even in the same room right now. So this is one of the benefits of of, of technology because we're actually in a three-day lockdown again in the Bahamas. Um, so I'll, I'm going to praise technology for now, but after we're done, I'm going to go take a break from it and enjoy uh, just space outside. So there's a good and bad to it. I 100% yes. agree. So you have been amazing. I just want to say thank you because you have been so amazing and available to your patients and staff during this really difficult time of COVID. Um, you have set the bar so high for any other doctor to follow. I just want to say thank you because everyone talks about how wonderful receiving you are with information and your time and it is not unnoticed. And I just wanted to say thank you. Well, I appreciate that very much, uh, Ali. You know, I went into this medicine as a calling and it is something that I uh, live into intentionally 
And it is a joy to be able to uh, be accessible and to be able to make a difference in the lives of others. And the joy that it brings me is just absolutely fantastic. And you can see that. I mean, I get to see you um, anytime I'm in the office and you can see that just coming out of you. So I'm so grateful for that. So I want to ask a couple questions about your, your experience as a family doctor in the midst of this COVID. Now, I know you weren't in hospital setting, but I'm still going to technically call you a bit of a frontline worker because you just never know what you're going to get. So being a family doctor or a frontline worker, have you noticed different types of complaints from a mental health standpoint during the COVID crisis? So, yes, I mean, definitely, I would say that very early on during the COVID crisis, the first thing that I noted was really fear and anxiety mm. that people were experiencing associated with, obviously, the, the unknown of COVID, you know, how is this going to possibly affect me in my health? Um, am I going to get sick with COVID? Do I have the signs and symptoms of COVID? And so we were receiving lots of phone calls from uh, per persons asking us about the symptoms that they may be having. Should I call the COVID hotline? And so I would say that was the first thing, which was the fear mm -hmm. that we saw in people. And then I think we moved into the next phase, which, which was more of a phase of anxiety that people were beginning to experience. And I think this began to manifest itself for several reasons. It was not just associated with the COVID virus itself, but it started to be real to people that the lockdown that was going on. So there was social mm. distancing that was happening. There was the economic uncertainty associated with COVID-19 and people were being furloughed or people were being put on reduced hours or some people were even losing their jobs completely. Um, and so there was that level of anxiety. And then the other component that was occurring were, you know, families being at home for extended periods of time and figuring mm -hmm. out, you know, what do we do in this space? You know, this is a space that we were not used to having so much time together and how do we be intentional about doing things within this space and so i think we have gone through different phases of mm -hmm. mental health associated mm -hmm. with the whole covid um, lockdown and the covid virus and the pandemic that we are seeing um, and mm -hmm. those would be the big things that i've seen i've seen a few persons that have had histories of mental health conditions such as depression uh, manifesting more symptoms and we've had to sort of adjust the medications during this time. But mm, those yeah, would be the big sense. things that uh, I've seen in this period of COVID. Mm -hmm. and, and we've been in this a long enough time, you know, about three months. Do you find that some people have kind of removed away from some of that anxiety? Um, well, I, of course, other people won't be able to as much, but if you notice it shifting slowing down at all? Well, I think it is. And I think what we're seeing in some people is that we're seeing a level of acceptance. I think people are recognizing that the world and the ministries of health locally in the Bahamas are doing the best that they can. Employers are doing the best that they can to be able to provide uh, help. And so I am seeing definitely a decrease. And I think as things begin to open up a little bit more, we're now in phase three. And so as things are opening mm -hmm. up, people have a little bit more mobility to be able to get out, to be able to do things. 
Um, and even us as physicians uh, going through this transition of not being able to see patients and being 100% telemedicine to now actually being able to begin to see patients again has been good for the persons that we need to see because there's nothing like that face-to-face mm-hmm. contact. And so I think there, it is hopeful. I think people are uh, beginning to feel more comfortable as we go through the various stages. But there are also those people that are going to continue to have anxiety, going to continue to experience stress, going to continue to experience potential depression associated with all of the transitions that they have gone through during this COVID-19 mm-hmm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. I agree. Some of it will continue because um, there's always a fear. There's a lot of fear mongering going on as well, which is not going to help people. Um, but yeah, we'll have to watch for that. I have, I have a question. So I, I get to do the work a, as a therapist. And so I already know people want to talk about their mental health. When people approach you, do they come complaining about their mental health or is that something that they notice secondarily or as an add-on? Yeah, so uh, next to a physical complaint. That's a great question. And I think the majority of persons that I have seen and see um, on a regular basis are coming in with some physical complaint. And it is mm-hmm. up to us as practitioners to be aware that often people will present with physical symptoms when really the underlying situation is one of a mental health uh, issue associated with depression or anxiety or stress or burnout. And so it's for, it's for us as clinicians to be able to, one, exclude that there is a physical cause, and then two, is to be willing to engage people uh, in a conversation about their mental health. You know, how are you coping? How are you sleeping? Um, how are you looking after yourself during this period of time? Are you feeling stressed? Are you feeling worried? And when we directly speak into these things with people, we're more likely to get responses that are going to allow us to be able to recognize, hey, look, you know, this is coming from a place of anxiety or stress. Here are some strategies that we can use to be able to help you. And if necessary, referring these patients on to persons like yourself for counseling or for further psychological evaluation with uh, the mm-hmm. mental health team, including the psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Do you feel that people are more receptive because of the amount of stress and fear and anxiety that they're experiencing during COVID? Are they more receptive to going, yeah, maybe this is more of a mental thing. And yeah, I do need to know how to cope. Whereas maybe before they weren't like, oh, I'm fine. I'll just, you know, I'll just go eat a healthy meal and be okay. Yeah, I think a lot of it is to do with how we present it to patients. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of us as clinicians need to just be aware of the fact that, you know, uh, there is so much stigma associated with mental health throughout the world. And if we are aware of that, we can approach the, this conversation very carefully, very cautiously with patients and see where they are in their ability to be able to, and their willingness to be able to accept help. And I do find that if we take a very gentle approach, patients are much more likely to be wanting to access those services. And sometimes it requires a simple follow-up phone call or a follow-up appointment with these persons to help to try to get them to that point. I think there are mm-hmm. lots of barriers that are being broken down uh, to uh, per- 
in people being able to access mental health services, which is very encouraging. And I think we as uh, family doctors especially really need to be aware of this, that we must treat the whole Mm -hmm. person. It's just not about the physical symptoms. It's just not about giving the person a prescription for whatever you may be seeing them for, but we need to be very mindful, especially during this period of this pandemic, that we are aware of people's emotional well-being and using the resources that we have available to them. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. And I think that the Family Medicine Center does a fabulous job because you guys do the personal approach and you and you want to hear their story. You don't want to just go, oh, you've cut your finger. Okay, let's talk about that. You know, like, I think you, you, you help that um, acceptance if there's something that they need to further deal with mentally. You, you kind of encourage that in a, in a beautiful way. So again, uh, thank you for that. Um, what do you think the challenges are going to be moving forward? I mean, I think COVID's creating this new normal um, that we don't quite know what that looks like yet. But what are some challenges you see as a medical professional Um, moving forward? I think one of the biggest challenges that I see at the moment is that people just feeling comfortable to be able to come back and see the doctor. Um, You know, so many Mm. persons were told, oh, don't go to the um, hospital, don't go to the doctor because, you know, uh, you could get COVID. Um, And so I think there is a fear that has been created in the general population of people concerned about going to access healthcare services. But I want to reassure everyone that as a primary care physician at Family Medicine Center, we are doing everything possible that we can do to ensure the safety of our staff and also the safety of our patients and providing all of the necessary medical recommended mechanisms so that you can access services because It is important that you continue to have your follow-up if you have diabetes or if you have depression or anxiety or if you have high blood pressure or if you feel unwell. And we are here to be able to Mm -hmm. support you and your family through this period of time to look after your general health and well-being. So don't be afraid to access the services. We are here to be able to help you. So that's one big thing Mm -hmm. that I think... uh, a message needs to continue to get out to the public that, hey, yes, you want to be careful, but know that we are accessible, the services are accessible. I think the other thing that we're Mm going to have to deal with as we come out of the COVID and go into the summer months is the fact that the kids obviously would have been home all of this period of time and providing coping Mm -hmm. mechanisms for parents and guardians to be able to help them with continuing to manage, you know, the relationships that we ha- they have with their children, because they know this is something that has been a huge transition for families going to online schooling, mm-hmm. having your kids home all the time when you're used to them, you know, being able to go out to school yes. or go outside or go over to grandma's house or, you know. Oh, it's very Absolutely. different. Yeah. I feel like it's it's making or breaking families and it's showing them their strengths and also where they need to grow. But that is a whole podcast that's going to happen about parenting strategies because it has shifted. We are everything to these kids now. Like we are their teachers. We are their, we, we are their, right. we are their entertainment. You know, <laughs> like there is literally nothing else but us. And that's a lot of pressure on parents as well. So yeah, that is definitely going to be something we have to do something different uh, moving forward, but we're going to tackle that in another podcast for sure. So speaking of family, what was it like for you um, 
being around more people than than normal in terms of what like so for myself I was very isolated but you needed to be a you know medical professional and then potentially bringing home um COVID to your family I know you have a wonderful family um was there any nervousness around that or do you feel like you're you did everything you oh no to do? I mean there was definitely uh nervousness around it I mean I remember in the very early stages of the COVID pandemic you know our practice were uh we were having conversations as uh, all of our medical team on what are the steps that we should be doing and very early we literally shut the practice down to just a telemedicine based practice and then we had mm-hmm. situations where there were emergencies and we provided all of the necessary required PPEs, uh, personal protective equipment at the office. But there was always that concern, you know, am I going to be the one who's going to bring home COVID into my house? Everybody else is at home. I'm the one who's going out to the office. Uh, My wife is a nurse practitioner and she was actually staying home uh, during the early days of COVID. And so there was that question and it did create some anxiety. And the way that I dealt with Mm -hmm. that was one was talking to my family about it and making sure that when I was coming home, I was taking all of the necessary precautions to try to help to reduce any potential exposure that could be happening to uh, my kids and my wife uh, here at home. So uh, Mm -hmm. that was certainly very real to have to deal with. Yeah, it would be, I would think, but it sounds like that. I love that you added that we had a conversation, you know, that we talked to the kids, we talked to my wife about what, what's going on so that anxiety didn't have to be this unspoken fear. It can be like, let's talk about this, but let's also talk about how I'm taking the precautions. And I think that would have been very, it was very comforting. I think for everybody involved and they could ask their questions, you know, I can share what we were doing Mm -hmm. to make sure that they were feeling comfortable with the net, the steps that we were taking at the office and even with the kids, just giving them the opportunity to talk about, you know, what are their concerns? What are their fears? Um, And our boys are 13 and 11 And it was amazing just to be able to engage them in conversation about what was actually happening with COVID. And that in itself was therapeutic for our family just to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think including children in these these conversations are huge. Obviously age appropriate, but um, kids pick up on so much. So if you had come home and not talked... They're gonna know something's wrong with dad, you know. That's right, talking. absolutely. So I, I think, thank, thank you for mes- thank you for mentioning that, mentioning that because I think most people forget about it. So just to close, what was a couple things that you did personally to keep a strong mental health game for you? You had a lot you were dealing with, a lot of people calling you, your own family at home, kind of worried about them. How did you stay mentally so together? That's a- not that you had yeah, to the whole time, yeah, and the, yeah. <laughs> but for most uh, yes, of the time. most of the time. Yeah, so I think there was uh, several uh, significant things that I did during this period of time to help me. One was I was very mindful of how much information I was watching, particularly when it came to social media and the news. And so I limited my amount of exposure. I knew there was specific things that I needed to know. But I knew that there was also a lot of noise in the marketplace, and there were, those were things that I did not need to expose myself to. Two was I made sure that I continued my exercise program by getting up in the mornings, getting on the treadmill, trying to keep that routine going. 
three, I made sure that I was eating healthily and looking after myself in that regard. And fourthly, just talking about what was going on, having the opportunity to be able to talk to my colleagues, having the opportunity to be able to talk to my family and friends and stay in connected in community, the community of my church um, and my, uh, the outside community so that I could help them and they could help me. And those mm -hmm. were some of the principles That's that beautiful. we adopted as a family to help us to be able to all cope and get through the COVID pandemic and the changes that were happening uh, throughout the entire world. And we were seeing them happening real time in our home. Mm, I love that. No, Graham, this, when you mentioned the first one, it was something about being mindful. Our connection went out a little bit. What was the first thing you did? Uh, mindful mindful of, of how I was exposing myself to all of the information mm. that was being pushed out in the news and in social media because there was so much fear and anxiety. And every time you turned on the radio or the television, it was COVID, COVID, COVID. You know, people were dying. People mm -hmm. were getting sick. Here's what's happening here. Here's what's happening here. So one of the things that we did as a family was really dampen down our exposure to all of the information, but at the same time made, your, made sure yeah. that we stayed informed with accurate information that was being yes. put out. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's huge. That is, we, we, so many people were just glued to their TVs and then coming away with wide eyes. That's right, yeah. Fix it. Uh, that I loved your list. I'm going to make that available to people. I love that list. Thank you. Last question. And, and maybe you don't have one, but let's see. So I've been calling something, uh, I've been um, introducing something called a COVID resume to people. And it's something that people have learned to do during COVID that maybe they hadn't done before or that they hadn't really had a lot of time for, you know, a lot of people are baking bread or learning new skills. Do you have a new COVID resume builder? from this experience? I would say there are two things that we have done and personally I have done. One is that I love reading and I often found myself not mm. having time to do it because of everything else that was going on. So with my days being shorter at the office, I was able to get home. I was able to get into uh, reading, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. And then the other thing that we've done as a family is one of my sons is a keen baker. And so we've been doing baking activities together. And so those would be two things I must say. I've learned quite a lot about baking over the, la over the last peri periods of weeks. So it's, that's been very fun. So that's those would awesome. be my two things. Both of those. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'll, I'll make sure you add that to your resume. But I, I think that's fantastic. Graham, thank you so much for your time um, and for all your hard work for caring for us here in the Bahamas. And we'll have you back for sure. Uh, on our podcast, but I just wanted to thank Great. you so Great. Thank much you very much, this. Ali. And uh, it's wonderful speaking with you. And I hope the information is useful for those persons that have the opportunity to listen to the podcast. Thank you for listening to that interview with Dr. Graham Cates. Uh, at the space at FMC podcast that was incredible Dr. Graham has a way of making you feel very comfortable uh, and and yet being very knowledgeable and so I'm very grateful for that interview a couple things that I, I realized that I kind of got from 
the interview was that we need to urge doctors and especially the those general practitioners or the family doctors to treat the whole person. So while they're looking at physical um, issues or ailments, they also need to be asking around mental issues and making sure, especially during this pandemic, that their patients are actually taking care of themselves. The other thing is that moving forward and ideally away from this COVID is that he recommended that we don't continue to distance ourselves from our own medical doctors, that we do need to take care of ourselves, that there's no need that to, for fear to get in the way of taking care of us. And then he also established his own mental health safe checks in his house, and he shared that with us, and I just love them, so I'm going to share those again. One is control the amount of information coming in. You don't need to be on social media about COVID 24-7. Two is exercise. Three is eat healthy. Four is keep a conversation going at home with your family so that should any um, anxieties or worries arise, you could hear them. And number five is learn to stay connected with those you've had to physically distance from. So whether it's internet-based meetings, just phone calls, whatever it is, just learn to stay connected. So once again, I thank Dr. Graham Kate so very much. And I thank you for listening to the Space at FMC podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are just that views and are not intended to substitute for professional help. If you find yourself in need of further help, please make it your goal to seek out qualified professional attention.